Skip, are you there? Can't hear you. You're that guy, huh? <laughs> Skip. You? Skippy. The Skipster. The Skipmeister. Skipperoni. Skip Toodaloo. Yippee Skippy. Are you just going to keep going? Uh... Um, uh, Skippy peanut butter. I, I, ra I ran out right there. Well, you, you're taking me back to like second grade, so. You know, uh, and I did my research on Skip to the Lou. You know, that, that's, that was an old folk dance thing that was supposed so, to bring people together, right? But in today's world, in today's world, it sounds like British people are running to the bathroom because they call the bathroom the Lou. You know, it's not often <laughs> that I don't know what to say to somebody. Uh, I, I, I told you. But I told you may you have was, me on that one. I told you I was going to make this more interesting than a presidential debate. Well, but like I said, the bar was super low to begin with. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we had paint drying on a wall. Sure. We had that nonsense. Uh, I think we both would have guessed we were already going to be a bit better than that. Uh, Unless you're just going to keep talking over me the whole time. No, I, I won't do that. <laughs> I, I, I promise. I just, I, I had, you know, I, I wanted to, I wanted to set the stage for jocularity. Well, it's set. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is a cocktail hour. So I suppose yeah, jocularity I should, should go hand in hand with it. Right. It's pretty much every hour for me. I don't know if you're looking at the comments, but uh, there's already a request that you become the new permanent host. So uh, oh, know, no, consider this, I'll consider this my swan song. <laughs> and uh, it's a good no, thing no. you set up that Instagram account. That, yeah, it really. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, me and technology. You know, when, when, you're, when you're my age, technology is a little bit scary. Because you never know, and and the hackers of the world today, I'm I'm just like fish bait, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, because I have the same password for everything. That's why the university has an IT staff to keep exactly keep people like you in check. They make me change my password every year, and so I just I just I just I like how you say that like it's this big hassle. <laughs> it's, and, and so I use the same password and just add another number. Well, that's something you want to actually say on uh, a podcast that's out on the internet. Go ahead and try me. <laughs> I have, I have nothing that anybody wants. Well, I don't know if that's true, but okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What's, um, up, what's up in the world with you anyway? With me? Yeah. With us? Yeah, how's things going up there? Well, I, aren't we all just trying to figure out from day to day how this pandemic thing is going to shake out or not? Like, that's you know, how I feel like we're just treading water. So, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, thank God for this podcast, right? Jocularity oh, or what oh. else? Like, the best parts of my day are usually either talking uh, to coaches we work with. Uh, no matter if they call me Skippy Peanut Butter or not, <laughs> or or like our staff, and that's gotten boiled down to um, you know having online calls 
um, doing podcasts. I traveled for the first. What did you just do? Did you set your phone down? I set my phone down. I'm getting a drink of water. I, <laughs> you know, it's it's Squattober. It's Squattober. Yes, it I is. Did, I did I did my squat workout, and I just haven't. I've been on the run, so it to you know I I had to get ready for this, and so I had to get stuff done. And I never took time to get hydrated again. So, you know, I got to set my phone down every now and then to get a drink. So are you just going to do this whole thing with, like, holding your phone in one hand and doing whatever? Because that's okay. Okay. <laughs> I am we, also hydrated. So. We, we might have to – We might have to. I might have to get up and take a tour here of the facility just a little bit because I have uh, – I have our, our softball teams should be warming up now. And then, uh, and then our track team comes in here, uh, after they're done. So it, it's not officially, it can't officially be a cocktail hour for me yet. You know, I have to wait till I get off the clock. That's fair. Yeah. That's but fair. At, you know, it, it's what we do. You know, it's strength and conditioning. You're, you're, you open the door in the, early in the morning and you shut the door late at night first one well, and last one was, out so i knew this this conversation you go a lot of directions right <laughs> and so uh i actually sort of did my usual bit of research right on whoever i'm talking to okay and i had my notes right around like being a guy who has to handle an entire program basically solo right yeah. And sort of what that was like, because I was trying to figure out, and I didn't actually get to the point of looking this up. How long have we known each other? Do you know, know that off the top? Uh, 2013. Uh, May of 2013 is when um, uh, I met you at, uh, at, at one of Coach Hootie's um, Midwest Performance Clinics there in. Shout out, Andrea. Yeah, uh, and uh, you guys were just getting through the uh, basically the functional trial phase of you know using uh, putting the elite forms in, using it on testing it on small teams and stuff like that, and and uh, she was that was a big highlight of that clinic was uh, velocity based training. Uh, utilization of, of of the elite form system, um, and and how and how she was approaching it and using it, um, and that was, I think, one of the first times I also met uh, Doctor Phil Wagner with the force plate stuff, and and that that little trying to integrate that system was the thought process at that time. Um, so yeah, it was, I, I'm pretty sure it was May of 2013. And then, uh, it took me like, I don't know, a month to own one. <laughs> that was, and, and that was power zone days, right? Yeah. And, uh, so for people I, I, who don't know, describe, describe power zone. Well, well, power zone was, was, um, a, a little business that I started, uh, years ago. Um, as kind of my, uh, sideline business, so to speak, from my, my other profession. Um, and so I, I was doing that on the side and we would, um, I was writing programs for, uh, high schools and, and small, 
small colleges, uh, NAIA schools uh, for different programs. Uh, we were going around um, basically any place that would have us or wanted us uh, doing clinics. Um, uh, teaching, I didn't know you did clinics. Yeah, we were teaching. Uh, we were teaching youth. Um, we would we would go even down into the the junior high level, high school level, uh, teaching them basically going in and helping coaches figure out how they could get the most out of their weight room, um, getting them to open up their imagination a little bit and using equipment in a different way, um, but also just the the hard the hard fast principles of and techniques of of lifting and proper technique and. Uh, we always had a, uh, a, a a movement side to it, a sprint side to it, or a speed side to it, and we also had a, a nutritional side to it. Um, and trying to tie, you know, movement, feeding the machine, uh, strengthening the machine, and moving the machine, you know, all was kind of the flow to it. And um, you know, uh, I was very fortunate that when I did that, I had I could always rely on some. Uh, pretty decent help, uh, and, and bring in some names that would actually draw some people out of the woodwork, um, to attend, to attend our clinics. And of course, that was, that was Mark. Um, I'd have Mark come in and work our clinics and then Mark would, would help me out and he would bring in some of the other guys with him, like, uh, like, uh, Jeff Kelly and Travis Oaks. Um, and guys like that would come in and, and so I was sitting around, you know, at that time, those guys had, had were, were, were gone. Mark was, Mark and Jeff were both with Atlanta. At so that, for, I, for people who don't know, not, not to interrupt, but, uh, cause some people won't know who Mark is or what okay. Mark you're referring to, right? Yeah. So we're talking yeah, yeah. Mark Simino, who actually has been on before, but so one of the habits I have with this is I'll be talking to somebody who I've talked to a million times like you. And it ends yeah. up like this insider conversation. I get home, my wife's like, you know, no one knows what you were talking about. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah Mark Simino. Mark was a, yeah, Mark was a kid I had in high school. Um, he, he went so were on. were you working for the high school then? I, I was, I was, yes, I was. I was, I, I, w I was a, what they call a rule 10 coach. I, I was not teaching. I, I was a rule 10 coach. And then uh, I would run off-season weights in the winter after school and then was uh, a lot of their summer program. Gotcha. And so, you know, when I had, when I had Mark, you know, he, it was, that was just one of those people you, you're, you're just at the right place at the right time to make that relationship and, and, and help a young person. And, you know, Mark was a unique person with himself. So, uh, he was, that was him giving back to me, helping me with those clinics and stuff. But, you know, when those guys graduated, you know, they were supposed, they were touted as one of the best linebacking cores in the nation coming out of K State. And so, uh, I had a blast with them, uh, of course. And then Mark, they were all doing some, um, summer camps, some football camps called Win with Defense, um, to where they were, uh, there were football camps that they had in, uh, Wichita area, um, uh, and, and around and just moved them around all the time. And they, I was fortunate enough, they would ask me to, to help them with that. And That's so cool. being involved in that, then you got, then I got to meet, uh, another great kid by the name of John McGraw, 
um, who was um, a kid out of Riley County High School that was an All-American kid at K-State and played some years in the NFL. Um, just, you know, just top-of-the-line guys that, that, number one, knew what it took to get there, but they all brought a very different personality to the mix and uh and and but they played off each other and i think that's why they were so good but i think that's also why they turned out they learned from each other so much that i think that's why they all turned out to be really great people you know mark mark i always knew mark was gonna was gonna end up doing something with strength and conditioning because he just you could tell at a young age he had a passion for it but at the same time you know he just he i've watched him grow up to be such a great a great athlete, but more than that, just a great man, a great father. Uh, you know, he's going to make a difference in a lot of kids' lives um, as he goes through, I, uh, and he already is. It's just, uh, it, it's fun to sit back and watch that that started someplace, um, and I was just fortunate enough to be a, a, a small part of it. Well, it, like, so that that's power you're, zone. You're always kind of understated, right? Sometimes in terms of of your influence and impact, and yeah. I always kind of always like to point out uh, that cliche that it takes a village. Like Mark brought you up, so I know you're not going to accept a compliment, but I'm going to give you one anyway. Yeah. Very clearly, it was meaningful if he took the time to mention it. I'll just <laughs> say that. So power zone. Yeah. Uh, so. But- so, I'm trying to remember, how long did you have a unit at Power Zone before you started conversations with Fort Hay State? Well, actually, we were in those conversations before. Um, before, oh, yeah. When when uh, um, when I when I decided to jump to the performance uh, center side of it and use use your technology and 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 start really creating data on young athletes. Um, we, um, we had that for about a year, but in that process, uh, you know, coach Brown, uh, Chris Brown, who's the head coach here at Fort Hay state who came from, uh, Washburn university, uh, as their defensive coordinator at Washburn university. It was, my son was actually a walk on football player at Washburn when he was there as a defensive coordinator. Um, and then coach Cooper Harris is the, is our defensive coordinator now was their linebacker coach back then. So those guys were here. So I had some other athletes that had came down here and played. Um, they, they were calling me, wanted me to come down to a practice. Uh, so I came down on a Saturday and watched them practice and stuff and saw coach Brown talk to him. They were in the midst of, of putting up this this great indoor facility, um, and I was talking to him, and I said, "Man, well, that's going to be a great facility. What's next for you?" And he goes, "I need a strength and conditioning coach." And I said, "Okay, well, where do I sign up?" And and that relationship kind of just started right there, and and we had worked it. It was a process. It was a process. I actually spent. A semester coming down, volunteering time, working with their football team. I put them on, I put them on a program that, that we generated through printed out cards through the strength planner. Um, uh, through that, through the winter of 14, 
uh, I'd come down a couple times a week and spend time in the weight room and, and, and work technique with them and teach and help coach. And um, we, by spring break, they had, they wanted to remax them, and we did that. We saw the improvements that I thought we would see. And then we turned around, and, and they tested them on the turf, which I didn't know about. And their verticals, their 40 times, their pro agility times, their three-cone times, all were getting much better. And so he he bought into me, the athletic director bought into me, and we we finally got it through. Um, and and you know it was like getting hired on the Friday before Memorial Day, and starting the Tuesday, you know, the next Tuesday. Oh, wow. And so I, you know, I feel I went, like it was quick, but I couldn't remember how. I, w- I went home. I didn't even know. I, they just said, "Come down, and talk to us." And, and uh, need to talk to you. And I, of course, I've been talking back and forth to him for quite some time. And, and, and Curtis Hammocky, you know, our athletic director down here, just, you know, I, I was, he was, he, he did, he knew me, but he really didn't know me. So he, I think he was kind of leery on the subject, but uh, when coach Brown bought into what I was doing, then, then he was bought in. And then the president of the university at that time was Dr. Ed Hammond and he was in the retirement process and they were trying to hire a new president for university. And he said, I'll create the position the minute they hire my replacement. And, and that happened. They brought me down to talk on the, on that Friday. Um, I actually walked into a multiple person interview. Um, you know, it didn't really did shock you not know me. that was going to happen? I did not know that was going to happen, but at the same time, it really didn't shock me. Uh, I sat down. They asked me, you know, some very pointed questions on philosophy and and everything else, and I was just straight up forward with them, told them what I thought and how I would do things, and and uh, walked out of there with the job. And so driving home, I thought, well, this is one of those things I'll surprise the wife with, right? <laughs> uh, that that probably wasn't the best way to handle that one. But <laughs> anyway, uh, got home and, and told her that uh, she had to hurry up and pack up and move, that we were going down there on Tuesday, and that didn't, that didn't work. So I slept in my office for like eight weeks <laughs> down here uh, while she was finishing up her job responsibilities up there and before we could find a house down here. But everything in Hayes, Kansas and with Fort Hayes state has, has, has been great. It's worked out. It's worked out great for us. Uh, some things have been very last minute, but it's always been, you know, right there for us. Uh, I, I have a bunch of, I got great administration. I work with that totally trust us. And the, and the biggest, the, the, I guess the biggest way I can say that how much they trusted us was when they, allowed us to come back in June under COVID. Um, and then, but then at the same time, you know, they just, uh, I got, I got great coaches I work with that are, that are intense and passionate about what they're doing. And, uh, I always find, I always find those two traits to be very beneficial for, for coaches that are trying to drive a culture of a program and try to drive their programs to the very best that they can be. Was there anything about uh, taking over 
like a D2 program like that, that like kind of once you got into it, like surprised you? I mean, it wasn't, it's not like you hadn't been around athletes before, you had a plan, um, but were there any surprises that crept up where you were like, well, I expected these five things, but this one kind of threw me, threw me for a loop. I think the, the biggest change, um, number one was that, you know, when, when you're at a high school level, small town, high school level, um, you, and you've been around, uh, those athletes for the years that I was, um, you know, you, you actually see them grow up. And, and so you know who's coming before they're coming. You know what I mean? you you see these kids grow up in, in, around in your neighborhoods and, and, and you know who they are. You know who their parents are. Uh, and so you knew what was coming and it wasn't like you had to learn who they were. And, and, uh, that was the biggest thing I think for me coming to D2 was that, um, I had to figure out who people were. Um, one of the things I always tell like my, my GAs and, and, and my interns is, you know, you got to know your audience. Uh, you, you, you can't go in there. You can't go in there and, and just fly off the handle when you don't absolutely know who your audience is. And so when you know your audience, then they know you a little bit and everything we try to do is, is build a trust factor. Um, you know, I get coaches to trust me, but, but more than that, I got to get athletes to trust me and believe in what I'm doing to buy into the system and the culture that I'm trying to apply. Once that happens, then we got a pretty special thing going on. Um, we're not, we're not having to, we're not having to fight them. We're not having to look for them. The accountability is easy. Uh, they want to be in the room. They want to get better. Um, I, and that was a, that was an easy thing to do when I was at Smith Center because of the years that we had done it and the success that we'd had, um, coming down here to where, where coach Brown was, was bringing this program out of the bottom of the MIAA conference and trying to work ourselves up. Um, the, the year before I started was his first winning season at six and five. And since then we've been. Seven and four, nine and three, nine and three, eleven and one. Um, you know, we, we just we we've never looked back, uh, but we're still trying to climb the mountain. Uh, we haven't got to the top yet, and and that's that's still the number one goal. But uh, just getting to know the getting, walking in and from scratch and not really knowing. I knew some of them because of coming down and working with them. But, you know, my first summer here, first, first day, I had 20 guys. And I went, man, this is going to be a long summer. And then the word got around that I wasn't totally crazy and that I knew exactly what I was doing and they were making progress. And then those numbers grew. And then I had 40 and then I had 45 and then I had 50. And since that first summer, we've just been been rolling. Even under Even under COVID this year, I had I had close to ninety athletes back June one, and and I thought I thought that was great. Uh, I mean, uh, I would, was not expecting that, but uh, they were buying in because they were buying in to hope to have a season, and you know if the any any chance you can get, you got to work to make yourself better, and um, uh, so that was special. I mean that that was different, but. For the first few years, I was always going through those pinch me moments. Can't believe I'm sitting here at D2 University when I came out of a small high school. Uh, 
but we were making it work. Uh, you know, you go you used to going out on the high school field on a Friday night was that was just had done it enough. You know, the intensity of the game was there, but you know the the crowd noise and everything like that just was never there. Going out here now, you know, and, and instead of you know four or five hundred people, you're going in front of four or five thousand people, and uh, and and it's more of a college atmosphere. Uh, that's that's intense. I love that. I mean that 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 game time stuff is is you know that, that's kind of the the the. They, when you hit competition, now, now your butt's on the line. You know what I mean? Now you're going to find oh, yeah. out if you did things right. And, uh, and that's, that's what I, that's, that's how I, that's how I self analyze myself. That's where my self accountability comes from. If, if we don't go out, if we don't perform well, if we don't perform and compete well, and I don't have anything to do with coaching individual sports or, or positions or anything like that. But, uh, you know, I stand behind every team I train. And if they're successful, then I, I must have done something right. If they're not successful, I, I need to find a way to help them become successful and, and, and do something. Then I'm not successful with them. And, and I, even though I don't have anything to do with how they compete, I have everything to do with the, their, their physical ability to bend and move. And, and how strong and how quick they can make those movements as far as them being athletes. And that's where elite form comes in huge for me. Well, we're glad to help. Um, <laughs> I did want to ask, uh, like you mentioned, um, just having to learn who the athletes are is uh, like, does Fort Hay State like recruit pretty broadly or like, like, where do you have kids coming in from? Because I think a lot of people think D2, and then they're going to think, well, it's probably well, the, regional. Yeah. That's uh, not always necessarily true. No. I mean, you know, our surrounding states, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, you know, would, would be the majority. We get we're, – we're into Texas. We're into Arizona. We're into California. We're into Florida. We're in Illinois. Um, we're, you know, we're, if there's if there's bodies, we're looking, and and okay. and they we get everywhere. We have we have foreign exchange students. I mean, uh, I have a, a a basketball player from Iceland. Uh, we have soccer players from uh, Paraguay. Um, we had we had a football player. We'll still have him uh, from Denmark. Um, under the COVID, he just decided to stay uh and and Uh-oh. and then and then was going to come back over and then found out that we weren't going to have a season so he just basically opted out but we'll get him back because he he's a he he's a big kid he's a he's a good looking kid that's that's very very strong but um yeah we're we're all over the place and and it's just that you know we we have to uh we have to get Thanks to our university, we have some some scholarship systems and some and and those those sharing states. If you're scoring so high that you can get in-state tuition, if your grades are good enough, instead of you know other things. So no, we're cool. we're we're marketing everything we possibly can to to try to reach out to be able to get 
you know, the best athletes possible. And, uh, but at the same time, we're still very Kansas based. I think there was, I think there's like 60, maybe 60 kids on our football team from the state of Kansas out, out of a, right now, out of 110. So, so uh, and there might be more than that. I don't know. I just pulled that number out. It might be more than that. It's more than half. Well, we, can, we, can, we can round up or down. It's fine. It's more That's than fine. half. I know that. Gotcha. Um, so normally, uh, I think this, I was kind of thinking about this before we got on. Normally, I avoid conversations that sort of kind of go into, does our stuff help with recruiting? But at D2 in Hayes, because how big is Hayes? Uh, man, I knew somebody was going to ask me that sometime. I don't I, Is it? 20,000? Is it that big? I, uh, 15, 20,000, I think. I don't know. I, mean, I get lost in it. Your number. I just I get, don't know. I get lost in it. I'm not sure that qualifies. Well, <laughs> th- that's true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I got, uh, when I get lost, then I got to ask my wife where I'm at because she's the, I'm directionally impaired. Whichever way I'm facing is north. Well, but she's also pretty solid. So, I mean, <laughs> you brought her in. To hang around so with me for 38 know, years. To hang around yeah. with me for 38 years, she's got to be solid. Well, any anyone who would willingly attend a strength <laughs> conditioning conference. Yes. That's not a strength conditioning coach. No. And, for example, stand around and chat with me on the floor of the conference has to be a pretty pretty amazing person. Uh, she's she's my biggest fan and my biggest critic all in one. It's probably a good balance to have. Well, and that, that's all right. I just need to know which it is before I walk in the door. <laughs> well, if you'd stop dropping surprises on her like we're moving to Hayes, Kansas, maybe maybe that would be different. Um, I think no, I, so, I, actually, I actually think she was totally thrilled about it because uh, she knew I was – I was doing something that I was going to be able to be full time at and very passionate about. Um, I don't think she realized the hours that it was going to take um, to get the job done and to still get the job done. But you know, it is what it is. You you, you know, if you got sure. a pa- if you got a passion if you got passion about something, you don't put a clock on it. You know, you know what I mean. You just go. Right. So. Um, I understand the problem, and as does my wife. So is that is that is that your wife Susan that just came in? That just joined the conversation. uh, I didn't see the name come up, but probably. Yeah. All right. So So, I I feel sorry. I feel sorry for her. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I bet you're not alone. All right, like the entirely formed crew's like, yep, a hundred percent. 100%. 100%. No, going back um, to going back to your your statement though about does it help recruiting? Uh Elite Form helps recruiting tremendous for us because uh unless to the day you tell me different, I'm standing on that you know we're the only D2 university in the nation that has it. And and that always makes eyes really big. But, you know, you you put a bunch of high school kids in front of it and and you you do a demo on it. You explain that, you know, that's real time feedback and that's measuring the bar and you you show them the video replay of it and stuff. And, 
you know, is it's like it's like they hit the ice cream factory with, uh, you know, it's it's on the house. Um, they they just they they get into it and love it. Uh, and we try to make we try to use it, uh, you know, to the to the best of our ability to get what we need out of it. But also, you know, the the things, the modifications and the changes you guys made with uh, the the competition side of it and everything else, it really helps really helps drive the weight room, especially for me, uh, having so many teams and, you know, 14 different teams and, and 450 athletes and, and, and I'm the driving force behind our strength and conditioning program with help from, uh, right now I have two GAs uh, and then some interns. Um, but, you know, that helps bring energy that I might not necessarily have to supply. Um, and, and in today's world right now, our athletes are needing, it's, it's harder for them to bring energy because they're just not, they're, they're not motivated because they're not competing. And so we're trying to find different ways, different ways to help them compete, to get them back into that level. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a big asset to us. Um, plus just the, the pure record keeping accountability and then, and then the information that I can draw on that points me in the right direction of what's next. You know, we're at this level now, what's next? So I should know this and I don't, so I'll apologize. Do you, do you guys not have games scheduled? No, we, 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 the, we're not scheduled. Uh, we had to, there's a few teams in our conference that decided to play some games. Uh, so they're moving forward with, with practices. And the key word is, is that they're trying to move forward and play some games. Um, there's a lot of obstacles in the way for them. Um, our administration, uh, you know, we'd went through, painstaking process back in April, May to get ready for June. And then they were, went through the same painstaking process in August about, you know, if we were going to have a season and, and, you know, when it was decided that we weren't, then, you know, they were looking at the alternative things. But when this came up, and it was basically being influenced by the Pac-10 coming back, the Big the Big Ten coming back, um, and some of the D2s jumped on and said, we're going to come back. Um, our administration did not want to change what they had spent so much time thinking about and making that decision on. And I, I'm not going to say that everybody else is wrong. I'm just going to say that that if you push through the process too fast and you don't pay enough attention to the details and the steps that you need to take. I think the NFL's already showed us that, that these, no matter how strong and, and how athletic these bodies can be, the, you, you skip a step and it, and it shows up. And, and I, I, I just, I hope it doesn't happen. I hope all these schools don't have a tremendous amount of injuries. But I'm just I, that that would be a concern to me that that we're trying to push the process too fast to get back to compete um, because, you know, that man, when we brought kids back in June, it was I expected them to be really weak 
way out of shape and and somewhat overweight. And uh, it, it, I was not surprised. They did not disappoint. It took us it took us longer than normal to get them back to where they needed to be. And the same thing happens toward competition. It's going to take longer than you think to get them back to where they need to be. And uh, the NFL did not have the preseason. They did not have the amount of contact that they were used to. And, and I think it's part of the reason why it showed up to be uh, uh, more, especially week two, a lot more injuries than what we'd ever seen before. So how are you like kind of trying to dose um, getting people more fit on campus with the idea that there's no no date where you have to play. Well, and that that that's tough. That that becomes a mind game somewhat. Um, you know, every day, every day we face we have opportunities to get better. All right, you either take advantage of them if you don't, or you don't. But you have to understand that. Once those opportunities are gone, you 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 can't necessarily expect the same opportunities to come tomorrow. And so I want them to to lock in and and be in the moment in the day to to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to make ourselves just a little bit better every day. You know, it's that it's that old one percent state saying whatever that that is. It's just make yourself better every day. And you have opportunities, and we're we're working the full spectrum. I don't care if it's in the weight room, I don't care if it's morning run drills, if it's position work, if it's classroom work, if it's film work, um, you know, whatever it is, you have an opportunity to make yourself better. Just be don't let COVID be your excuse. I'm sorry. We can we can do all kinds of things, and and we can blame it all on COVID. But at the end of the day, we still got to be accountable to ourselves. Did we have take full advantage of the opportunities that were in front of us, and did we make ourselves better from that? And and it, you know, it's I, I feel like a preacher sometimes, but let's be honest, that's not really that, going to happen. <laughs> well. You know, preachers but, uh, give speeches and yeah. motivate people in a particular way. Yeah. You also have to do something similar, right? It just motivate people in a different way. So I don't think that's the worst analogy ever. The day of reckoning is coming. <laughs> if we could just get a game on the schedule. Yes, the right. Day of reckoning would be there. I'm afraid it's not going to be till late August of 2021. So... Do you guys have, as for a state, things in place where, so if, like, if I'm a senior, is there sort of an extension of my ability to play and come back, or how are you guys handling that? Yeah, uh, the, because there's no games there, and actually, it, it, it doesn't get counted as a season unless you play 50% of your games. So these guys that are playing or are trying to play are probably only going to play maybe four games. That way it doesn't count as a season. Like a shortened season. Yeah. And so so technically it won't affect the eligibility. Uh, but the NCAA has granted waivers 
um, or I believe they have. I I get so much in today's world. We get so much compliance stuff. I can read it. Yeah. It's gone, and you know, you know, it's just. Um, so I'm just try. I try to lock in and do my job and try not to get out there. But I I know that our seniors are still can have a senior year. Um, there is creating a tremendous amount of challenges for budgets and everything like that within, especially within D2, um, about, you know, that you got scholarship money on these seniors, but you can't pull that scholarship money, but yet you only have so much that you can on next year's recruiting class and, you know, the equivalencies that you have to deal with didn't change. And so, you know, we have to. Or, and and that's an, that's another great thing about Fort Hay State, is that um, our overall uh, administration and is creating more and more different levels of academic scholarships and and things like that that we can stock on that we can pile onto some athletics, you know, to make things more appealing for an athlete to to want to come to Fort Hay State. So it, but yeah, there's always that balancing act of you if you can just provide some support. Yeah, label doesn't have to be an athletic scholarship. No, uh, it's, versus it's, academic, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. and and it, it's just you know you're trying to give you're trying you're trying to get them as much as you possibly can get them uh, to 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 be the best offer that 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 they can get, but uh, it's it. It's creating a lot, a lot more challenges, I think, uh, than what everybody expected. You know, we went through that last spring to where we gave waivers to the, to the spring sport kids, uh, baseball, softball, um, um, uh, tra- outdoor track and field. Um, and so we went through that on the, on the spring side. Now we're doing it on the fall side. Uh, winter sports are sitting there going, well, we never got a championship tournament and stuff but we, we had the full season and so and hopefully that's, that's that same true. thing ha- hopefully right now we're on task to start our basketball season on schedule um, and not getting it pushed back right now uh, we, we should start playing right there around Thanksgiving time with our first games um, we still got to get that organized on how we're going to travel, how they're going to travel, and all that, the behind-the-scenes stuff that has to be done with testing and, and everything else. But, um, you know, our athletic staff uh, and and our, our team physician and, and everybody that we're working with does such a great job with that stuff. Uh, let them do their jobs because that's their job to do. And I just sit there and go, if you need my help, let me know. So... You know, it's you know, I I got too many other things to think about than to try to do somebody else's job. I just need to do mine. Sure. Yeah, but it but it all it all works together. You know that it goes back to it goes back to you know, uh, you know they when we have injuries, they take care of the injuries. When those injuries are, are ready to return back to me, then I just take the functional strength that they've got that and start to move it back more to athletic strength. And and then we're, our return to play is 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 much much better. It's an open line of communication uh, between me and the head athletic trainer, but uh, it it works. I mean, it's what you have to do. It's the way the system is done, is designed. So, does your head athletic trainer ever like use our equipment or 
uh, other tech like and saying, okay, here's where the, I see where they were. Here's where they're at now. And kind of try to objectify some of that coming back. Or is that not anything you guys do? Not really. I mean, we, we've talked about it. We've talked about, uh, baselining some numbers, uh, for instance, a, a, a split squat um, or, a, or elevated Bulgarian squat to where we measure uh, on, on just a, a given load, uh, measure the speed off the right leg, measure the speed off the left leg, um, and and have that in our back pocket in case we have somebody, you know, that that blows a knee or or, or has a, a major thing and and that we can go back to through the rehab coming back to return to play actually having performed that test again to see where they're at but when you start thinking about that there's just a a, a long list of variables you know that that sure. because you're talking about a, a longer period of time uh that could be coming into play on that also uh, so, I mean, it's things that we've talked about. It's not anything that we've actually done. Uh, um, it probably, you know, when you're D2, you know, you, you, you gotta be. Yeah, I wasn't trying to sho- shove a process on you. You gotta, you gotta be, you got uh, it's something what, you and I hadn't talked about. You gotta kind of be one of those jack of all trades, master of none type people, you know? Um, uh, I, work with so many different sports i have to walk through i mean football comes natural to me to work with football players um i i, I know what i can do in the room with them I, you know it, that way i can attack their intensity uh, when the when the women's tennis team comes in that's i can't necessarily do the same thing so i have to kind of walk away, look at my schedule going, okay, now I got to calm this down just a little bit and, you know, talk a little bit different. You is knowing your audience. I was going to say, it goes back to what you said earlier. Right? Yeah. It's knowing, knowing your, your audience. audience. And, but every now and then just something happens. And then I, the, 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 the football coach in me comes out and then everybody knows I'm a little bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you have a couple of tells where the kids will be like, okay, yeah, I think we all do. That's we all it, do. It's when that it's when that voice goes up. You know what I mean? It. Um, everybody says, "Why do you yell all the time?" I said, "I'm not yelling all the time. I am communicating with a high volume." Well, it's a big room. Well, it is, and and they al- they always got to have the background noise in it with their with their music, which. I totally what get. What are your rules on music? It, it's got to be clean. It's just that's it. That's it. I don't care what you're playing. It's got to be clean. I'm always asking for country music Friday. That doesn't work. Um, but no, Friday all, may be the wrong day for that. <laughs> yeah, never on <laughs> squat day. Never on squat day. It's got to be heavy metal, head banging stuff. No, um, I, uh, I will. Uh, the uh, it's it, it's just got to be clean. Uh, you know they they jump into their playlist. They jump into Pandora. I don't care as long as it's clean. If there's a dirty word that comes over that, that telephone is mine. I've threatened <laughs> to throw. I've threatened to throw them out in the street. 
And, you know, and, and I got to apply that rule just on the basis of that. I never know who's going to walk in the door. You sure. know, we have, we have different sports bringing uh, recruits over to, to see the indoor facility, to see that weight room. Um, every now and then, you know, my biggest, my, <laughs> my biggest concern is that, you know, uh, our president the university, Dr. Tisa Mason, walks in there when something really bad's going on, and then I'm pretty sure I'm going to be out the door there. But uh, she just, I, you know, it's it's common sense. It, it's it's being responsible. You know, if you got your headphones on and nobody else can hear it, that's in your head. That's up to you. But if it's public, then it needs to be acceptable by public. And and I'm old school. Bad words are bad words. Uh, I, I say them, but I can, I can control them when somebody walks into the room. I can't necessarily shut that music off fast enough. So, uh, they, they pretty much, they, they pretty much got it figured out, uh, because I, I've tortured them and said, all right, you haven't figured out. We don't got any music for a week. And then they're, they're really complaining then because then I start singing country Western. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't mind a video of that. So no, it's now never. That we have this, now that we have this Instagram account, I, uh, I see some good uses for it down the road. Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to happen. Uh, somehow I didn't expect it would. No, but it, it, uh, I get it. I mean, that's, uh, this generation is, is driven by that. They have to have a lot more motivating things in their lives than, than before. But that's, I think that's a, a lot of technology. Does that make sense? Uh, that because they've grown up with technology, well, they've had access to everything all the time. You know, that they're definitely used to like a higher stimulus, right? All the yeah. time. Yeah. And so like it, that's one of the things like with our stuff, it's pretty natural for kids to kind of just have a screen sitting there. Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, you and I aren't the youngest people ever. And there were no screens, and there hey, generally wasn't any music. I might you just I, went in and banged. Yeah, and 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 I know how old I am, and uh, good. It's just <laughs> it's just a number. I mean, seriously, it's just a number. Uh, sure, my my knees feel that old uh, or older, but um, uh, my heart is, still has me as. I don't know, in my thirties, uh, you know, I'm still, I still feel like I can get down there and, and, and grub with them a little bit. Um, <laughs> it, I'm learning that I can't near as much as I used to, but I haven't had anybody call my bluff yet. <laughs> well, until somebody does, no one's going to know, right? Uh, the, That's the uh, whole know, point of bluffing. Yeah. Well, but age has a tendency to sneak up on you. I was, I had like a 38 year record or consistency of being able to bench press like three plates plus for 38 years. And so during right before COVID, right before COVID back in February, I said, okay, I'm going to knock this out early to claim number 38. And I did, but I also, damn near tore my peck mm. doing it 
And since then, I've just had I, I've I've just had lingering problems with it, with my shoulder and everything else. And I think when I actually did it, I probably strained my rotator cuff and everything else in there. So now I'm babying that thing back, and that have been for quite some time. And uh, but everything's coming back to normal again. Um, so then I just decided to invest invest my knees into squat tober. Um, because when I squat, actually, my knees feel just a little bit better. And so we're going to see how they – I've been through two days of it and still walking. So Nice. <laughs> We've got uh, three, three guys doing squats over. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, Kyle's doing it. Uh, good old Nikolai Testlift is doing it. And then yeah. um, we, have, we have a new guy on the crew. I don't know if you knew that. Um, Matt Grasso, who's oh. out east. Okay. He's, he's also doing it. Um, but yeah, it's day two. Sure. So we have these team meetings every Thursday. I checked in yesterday. We checked in about it yesterday. And yeah. Oh, I. I every, got, everyone's eyes got opened a little bit to what it's going to mean. So my we'll my see. my GAs sit there and they're just looking at me, going, "You know, that just sounds totally crazy." And I'm sitting there going, "Yeah." They go, "If we were doing that, you would tell us we're crazy." And I said, "Yeah, probably right." So why are you doing it? I said, because I still think I'm a little bit crazy. I, I'm going for it. What's wrong I mean, with that? why not? Why not? Why not? 100%. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? I always default to if you weren't doing anything, like you'd be kind of a soft puddle of a human, right? Yeah. So if you go for it and something happens, you're just going to default back to that same state. Yeah. Maybe have to recover a bit. Yeah. But, but I mean, it, it, not doing it's boring. Well, you know, the old athlete in me always wants to find a challenge, uh, wants to, I, and actually, I always want to find an adversity. I want to find something that I have to, that, that makes me want to fight back, uh, that just, you know, drives me a little bit more. Because, especially in our world today, since, and, and I hate quit, quit hating to bring COVID back up, but it's made our whole society just rather depressing. And, For sure. And pe people are much more negative. Um, they are uh, much more willing to just, I call them cave people. They cry about virtually everything. Um, they, and, and they do it, they do it loud and proud. And I am, uh, you know, I need, I need to face an adversity that, that I can actually attack myself because I can't, I can't go out and attack people for being, you know, depressed and being anxious about things. And, and, you know, that, that, those require calming moments and and i don't want to be too calm all the time i'll fall asleep uh yeah maybe <laughs> maybe there's a reason you and i have gotten along so well over the years i i just you know I I, you. I I like the challenge uh I, and and i don't care how old you are i don't care how out of shape you are or in shape you are uh, uh, uh the body needs challenge the mind needs challenge that's, how That's you why you're still young. in your 30s. 
Exactly. And and uh, I just got this one knee that's about ninety. Um, and and uh, they told me they told me oh twenty one years ago was that no nineteen years ago uh, when I had surgery on it that it needed to be replaced but they wouldn't replace it because I'd wear it out. Um, now almost twenty years later, I'm going to keep using it. It's still working. I'm going to keep using it. Yeah, you wake up with aches and pains, and you you move around with aches and pains, and um, I, I don't know what that's really like anymore because I've been doing that. And uh, I, when I listen to you guys, when when I listen to Hootie's podcast uh, with you, and she started talking about that hypnotherapy, I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, maybe that's for me." And then I remember well, she had a knee thing too. Yeah, so and then and then I re- then I remembered I'm not Andrea Hootie, and I, I don't live in Austin, Texas, and um, uh, I'm I'm old. She's not quite that old. Well, I think if there's one affliction, a lot of uh, people in our world suffer from. If you want to say suffer, it's no one thinks they're that old. Like yeah. Everyone's still, there's still that, that athlete they used to be. There's still like, they're around young people or younger people and they're physically active. So I think it all kind of feeds into exactly what I mean, you're saying. You obviously know when you lose a step. Um, and, and it's really obvious when you lose two or three steps, but at the same time, it, it, it's still no excuse not to run not to train, um, not to stay in shape and, and, you know, live, live your life the way you, you want to. Um, I, I'm not afraid of getting old. Um, I actually, people say you're supposed to get smarter as you get older. That's not really working for me. Um, you know, it's just, uh, I just rather just stay, that young acting old looking guy with the mustache thing. You know what I mean? I'm with you there. Although I, uh, my wife wants me to shave. It's too great, but Instagram will kick us off in a second. Okay. So, uh, thanks for coming on. Sorry to sign off kind of short, but no, it's been, a, seconds. I, so, it's been a blast. I, knew I wouldn't it. have any trouble talking to you. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't worried about this one. I, that's why I didn't have any notes. <laughs>